0: Like, the idea that somehow we can just, like, sit in our cubicles and touch ourselves and make the world better based on the things that have happened in one week, it's just, like, it makes me literally shiver with rage. Like, I just had a little bit of a whiteout. Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Nathan. And I'm Justin. We are going to do a little bit of a mega episode today where we cover both the Auburn game and the Kentucky game. I want everyone to understand that this is not because we shy away from a loss, because our beautiful robot brains don't allow us to do that, but more because, uh, you know, just work stuff gets in the way sometimes. And if this thing paid us money, we would be here all of the time. That would be cool. Right. Justin and I are on pretty much opposite pretty much opposite schedules if we're being really honest so sometimes that just you know
1: the worst part about that is you also share the same schedule as my my fiance and so sometimes she wins
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not that upset about that
1: yeah and there are some days where i have to be like sorry babe i have a podcast to record with my best friend nathan (laughs) yeah i know
0: that's kind of yeah i that's sort of what i did just before i got on here yeah exactly Um, so uh let's what we're gonna do is we're kind of gonna do two episodes in one go um we are going to talk about the auburn game which you know unfortunately just there's not a lot to say about it because of how easy or how clear-cut the result was but i, I think we do have some things and then we're gonna preview kentucky so let's start with auburn so statistics we're gonna start this bad boy out with statistics and and then go to our subjective experience just because mm-hmm. i don't know if you could have had a good subjective experience on this day i mean i sort of did because my dad got married the next day but like even then uh apparently i got a lot of complaints from the wedding photographer because every picture of me at my dad's um wedding rehearsal was just me staring at my phone angrily like on the (laughs) altar standing next to dad staring at my phone being angry just mean mugging yeah I'm not even mean it's mugging. Real hard uh, mean mugging is, you know, it has mean mugging. There's a sense of like uh, control about your facial expressions. This was just the look of a depraved man. It was more like the scream, basically. Um. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of these sweet statistics. Um, we got effing worked uh, got in this game. Thirty-eight uh, percent rushing success rate to their fifty-five. Thirty-one percent success rate on the game carry uh, on johnson at a 50 52 opportunity rate and 3.95 yard line yards per carry so just to be clear uh, opportunity rate is anytime a quarterback goes uh gets five yards or more on a carry so he almost got opportunity rate on every on every carry on average Yep, um it's absolutely ridiculous yeah so you know i think this is a this is a team that admittedly uga is a team that you know by design is predicated around stopping the run and running so when that doesn't work this is what happens um i think it's actually a little bit more complicated than that but i think that's my like big picture takeaway um he carryon johnson killed us on the jump cut there were several times where we had him like bracketed with two or three people and they just were like standing there trying to break him down and he would just pop over one yard and then get five or six more yards you know um, and I actually think that is a teaching thing. I think we were worried about losing contain on him and it kind of backfired on us. So he was just jump cutting us all night. And we never shut that move down. Shut that move no. down. Um, he we was definitely, yeah. Yeah, we were not perf- I For some reason, I watched the replay of this game because I'm a sadist. Um, and what I noticed <laughs> was that you know we were not really pursuing that much which is to say like when we had a guy within 1 to 2 yards he was waiting for someone else to come clean up and a lot of times what happened is that carryon johnson is quick enough that he could just jump cut out of it which you know makes me want to die like watching that game <laughs> it, i was going to make a i was going to make a game preview and a stats breakdown but you know i thought it would actually be more accurate to just put the just make a post that said Auburn stats break down and then just put a big picture of the dolphin that says, I want to die. Um, <laughs> that, that Yeah. I know that one. Yep. Yeah. With like the, the MS paint. I want to die on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see, let me see if I have anything else. Uh, yeah, you have some other stuff. Yeah. I'm just kind of
1: the first thing that I wanted to see before I even kind of dived into any of the stats was just our overall percentile percentile performance. And this is basically compiling all the stats that we have presented all year um, as a team and then deciding how did we live up essentially to that performance. What percentage did we play up to that kind of goal that we've, we've set for ourselves? So how well did we play against ourselves? Our overall percentile performance was 15%. There's not much else I can say to that. Uh, but the scary thing about that is that Auburn was at 79% on either side of the ball for this game. And that, that really scares me because uh there's a great chance that we will have to play them again Mm -hmm. in the sec championship now because they do also control their destiny just like alabama does when they play each other at the end of the season whoever wins that game assuming everything goes well for both teams this weekend which it most likely will against auburn um,
0: and or against mercer and ulm respectively for alabama and auburn
1: well well really it's just the end of that that season then um so whoever wins that game is is going to play Georgia in the SEC championship. There'll be the they'll clinch the West and they'll go on to the SEC championship. And so that kind of kind of frightens me. I'm not sure what's going to happen in that game, but just kind of seeing Auburn play the way they did, I know that Alabama the the hardest team Alabama's played this season thus far has been like Texas A&M. That's the best win they've had all season. And now Auburn's beaten the number one team, uh, only playing at 79 percent of
0: their percentile. Well, I mean, yeah, that does scare me. But at the same time, I do kind of feel like. Um, you know, I mean, if we weren't playing at 15%, their defensive percentile wouldn't be at 79. I think there were, I'm not one of these, I, I my takeaway from this game. We'll talk about this in a second. was definitely not that, you know, there's, I think they probably win this game nine or eight times out of 10. Um, but I don't think, I think this is probably the one time out of 10 that it was a 30 point game. I was going to break it down into, so
1: talking about that kind of kind of understanding how we lost uh it's really important to look at the success rate i feel just looking at it by quarter you can kind of start to understand that our offense literally never got started we never had an offense and because we never had an offense our defense got tired this is the first time in the season in fourth quarter that our our defense looked gassed and i've never seen any of these players look as tired as they did in the fourth quarter just Mm because they were trying to stop carry on johnson jared stidham all game and just running all over the field and we were just getting we're just kind of a, a dog running after a car essentially just over and over again and not ever catching it. And
0: yeah, that's uh, it. it was concerning the, the amount of times where they, their left guard just trucked Trenton Thompson. Yeah. And that that's not happened all year
1: and I don't want to see it happen again, but if we don't want to see that happen again, we're going to have to see a more equal game on both sides of the ball offense and defense. Uh, but breaking down success rate, like I said, I was going to do, uh, the second quarter, for instance, we had a 13% success rate third quarter. We had 21%. Um, good for 31% overall first and fourth quarter were a little bit better, but still, uh, considerably below average, uh, the national average and really looking at that. I, I know the last week I kind of sang Jake Fromm's praises. Finally, I was like, Jake Fromm is the truth. He's fantastic. I think he's doing a great job. Yada, yada, yada. And he was doing, he was making 10 yards per pass on third and down or third and long, excuse me. But this, this week, overall, he was at a 14% passing down success rate. So on those third and fourth downs, when he had to pass, he was only completing 14% of any of his passes, essentially. Uh, Auburn's was only 20%. And I only say that because they were just so far ahead of us the entire game. Most of this game was played in garbage time, so they had no reason to pass in passing downs or even be successful in passing downs. Uh-huh. They just had to run the clock, uh-huh. um, which is terrible. They were 59% in standard downs. So. 19 above the national average
0: yeah so it just didn't matter
1: it just didn't matter it didn't matter at all they were yeah. so far ahead by halftime and i think it was 29 7 going into halftime i could be wrong um someone can tell me but i i'm slowly i think erasing this game from my memory is is why i can't remember exact
0: scores at this point but we were not that far down during ha- during halftime but i mean it, the game was already kind of out of hand yeah you know i don't know uh i don't really have a lot else to say we got our butts <laughs> kicked. Um, I do yeah. kind of want to talk about. I think this is a good time to transition into sort of our takeaways, and I do have one thing I do want to say. Um, I think that we're still good. And oh yeah, you know I think that I have a specific reason for saying this. I mean, obviously we're still good. You don't be you don't get to be number one, you know. D- you know, despite all the stupid hot takes, and I'm going to rant about that in a minute. But you know, you don't get to be number one without playing some good football. And even sure we were blowing out bad teams, but. There are a lot of mediocre teams that don't blow out bad teams. So there's something going on there. And yeah, maybe it is as simple as the fact that if you can stop the run against us, you can stop us. And maybe that's the case. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at peace with that. But what I wanted to say was, like, I think that, like I said, we probably lose this game eight times out of ten. But I think this is there were a very specific set of circumstances that made this game such a blowout. Um, you know, if we either don't have a muff punt or we don't jump the shield... You know, you're talking about that's a closer game. If Riley Ridley ca- catches a wide open pass, it's a closer game. If Javon Wims catches a wide over open pass, it's a closer game. You know, um, I I think this is still a loss, but I mean, if you think about how you feel narratively, and this is why you have to avoid results oriented thinking, and this is why you have to revo- you have to avoid hot taking, and you have to, I mean, if you want to be an informed sports fan, you have to do that. That is, um, this is why. I always say for people to avoid that is because you know this if this was a 10 point win by Auburn or a 12 point win yeah it would feel horrible but what you know we're, we're what we're saying is what we should be saying now which is that you know hey we got everything in front of us maybe we can get them in a rematch because I don't really buy this whole like well there's no way Georgia can beat Auburn in a rematch I I, I really mm-hmm. don't I mean I think if we have a few breaks we're looking at a close competitive game and they maybe they win because we just can't stop the run and that's fine but I would really caution everyone to get – to reuse a metaphor you, you used about our defense, sadly. I would really caution everyone to avoid this kind of like dog chasing a car kind of mentality mm-hmm. where you just – you know, the recency bias its thing where it's like, oh, this thing happened. Okay, this thing happened. Okay, this thing happened. Like, oh, Georgia's so good. Okay, no, now Georgia's trash. Okay, well, now Auburn's good and Georgia can never beat Auburn and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's – maybe Georgia can never beat Auburn, but there's nothing that we've seen – um, you know that that was a 30 point win and it was a game that wasn't close but if you are just relying on perception if that's a 10 point win you have much different thoughts which is I think kind of the the fallacy of relying on your perception in the game mm-hmm. um, so I guess my my long story short everybody needs to calm down we win two games and we lose in the SEC championship this is the best year we've had in five years you know what I'm yeah. saying and if we win, if we lose another game before the SEC championship, this is probably still the best year we've had in three years. So it's like, God, I have another, I have like three more rants. I'm sorry. I just like go. <laughs> just go for it. Okay. This is one of the things that I've heard. And, and I agree with this. Will Leach said this on the Auburn Review podcast for waiting since last Saturday, which was really good. Um, And I've heard this from Seth Emerson as well, which is to say like, you know, it's a fallacy to think of yourself as ahead of schedule because you never know know what's going to happen next year. And that is 100% true. There's always going to be a certain level of of uncertainty when you're talking about a football team because it's just a high variable game. Like you have a lot of variables that go into it and a high variance game rather. And what comes out of it can be really wonky because you're dealing with 18 year olds and an oblong ball. My, you know, my supposition would be that if the Alabama model is good at anything and if we think the Alabama model of program building is working here, which I think most people would have agreed before, if you agree that that was working program-wise before the Auburn game, you didn't see anything at the Auburn game that changed your mind. Nobody decommitted at the Auburn game. Nobody went in and wrecked our brand new facilities. Nobody killed Kirby Smart. Like all of the things that made this program good are still there, right? So if you think that we are doing the Alabama model as effectively as we can, the thing the Alabama model is designed to do is to stay on schedule. The Alabama model is about developing talent and it's about replacing that talent every year because you are so deep. We are not Alabama deep. And yes, we may take a step back next year, but the whole reason that Kirby smart is the coach is so that we don't have to think about, Oh, well, you never know what's going to have happened next year. You certainly don't, we could all be dead. But the idea that somehow we can't be excited about next year is I mean, fallacious to me and its in, in it's, it's a very entirety. good word. Yeah. Um, having said that, the only other thing I wanted to say about that game, and you already kind of pointed this out, is we just got to work on run D. We looked sloppy in our run fits. We didn't seem to tackle very well. We were getting blown up off the line. I don't, you know, I that was the best line that we've played all year, but I kind of reject, well, it might not have been Notre Dame. Who knows? I reject the idea, yeah. however, that you know, somehow suddenly Trenton Thompson can't tackle and Roquan Smith is bad, right? That that's not the case. So something yeah. happened that I think is fixable that we definitely need to think about.
1: I definitely think it's fixable. I was reading a few interviews, one from Kirby Smart about the, uh, the Vanderbilt game where he won by 30 points as well. He was saying that they asked him, what does he need to work on? What's what's next? And they said, what, what did you like? What didn't you like? And instead of saying anything he liked about the game, he simply said, our tackling was sloppy and we need to work on it up front to echo that same thought in this past game, somebody was interviewing John Atkins and they said, you know, what went wrong? And he said, I missed three tackles today. One of them for, for loss. And that's more than I've ever missed. And he knew immediately what was wrong. He was able to admit it and take responsibility. And then he followed up with carry on. Johnson's the really good running back. (laughs) And I think he really just simply said that carry on Johnson's good. And I was like, yep, you're right. Absolutely. And so, at the very least, we can take we can find solace and comfort in the idea that our team knows what we did was wrong. They know what they can do to get better at it. I think already.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think just acting like I mean, look, I think everyone needs to remember it. And man, I just I hate even saying this out loud because it sounds like the worst kind of poor mouthing and excuse making. But I'm not. We got our we got our butts kicked you know there's no getting around that but to act like somehow the offensive line was not a question mark is stupid to act like somehow that wide receiver play was not a question mark is silly to act like somehow we didn't have some concerns about death on defensive line is also stupid so i mean yeah so when you play the best team you've played all year and those become problems it should not be a shock so do you have anything else on for let i just want to like get all of this out you know get this purge session out before we go to to till we go to the Kentucky. Yeah, you, you, you'd only touched on it a little bit. I think the offensive line had a lot of
1: miscues. Um, couldn't protect Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm, it's funny because if you go back and watch his game again, just watch a few plays. Every time he got tackled uh, for a loss or every time he got sacked, you can kind of watch it in his eyes how incredibly surprised he is because what that what that tells me essentially is just that he wasn't expecting anything he was he's always been able to trust his offensive line which is still good i know he's going to be, be able to continue trusting his offensive line so next game if the offensive line fixes any problems that they had we'll be able to get better fairly immediately rather than wait on jake from to calm his nerves or any of those things i think that's going to be just fine uh as long as we can tighten up that d but other than that, we already said something about the run D. The run D was, was real rough, and um, we have to work on that, of course. You said you had some theories on
0: that. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of the run defense, I don't know. You know, I think that basically we, on offense and defense, we didn't do a lot of adjusting it was hard to get past plan A because we just couldn't get off of blocks. One of the things I think that we did was that we were very conservative about trying to keep people back to cut off the deep pass from Stidham. And I think we probably should have done a few more run blitzes and just left people on islands and let them deal with it. And, you know, I think if we played them again, that's an adjustment that's going to be made.
1: This is also the first team I feel like we played all season that had, that was able to blitz consistently and successfully. And so that's another learning experience. We had a, d- a lot of different learning experiences with this team. This is the best team we played. And so therefore, we're going to find these opportunities to to play better throughout the season uh, in these game time, op- you know, moments. So I think the team can take a lot of this tape, study it, learn from it, and come back even better than before. We're going to be fine.
0: Do you want to talk about some subjective narratives around this game? Sure. Oh, yep. God. Okay. <laughs> Your I first gotta... note already, yeah. Uh, why don't you do yours first? Because... <laughs> uh... Sure. Um, I, I need to like work up to this.
1: As people know, this was the first game you were not at. Yes. And so that's something I really wanted to hear about you. I, I I'm gonna ask you that uh, when I'm done with with kind of my subjective narratives, just kind of ask you how that. Well, I I, that would felt. I also
0: wasn't at the Vanderbilt game, but yes, this is the first big game. I that's was not true.
1: Out. I I wouldn't count. I don't know. Vanderbilt's not. You weren't. You're right. But I've even I, so talking about my subjective narratives. Uh, my whole experience of the thing. I I watched it again at the brewery as I tend to do. My stories are not nearly as exciting as yours are, though I will say this next week, I will be at the Kentucky game and I'm very excited. Expect all the Instagram posts from us folks. Oh, good God. um, It's going to be ridiculous. Nathan and I are going to be together the whole time. Just kidding. But we're going to get a lot of pictures and it's going to seem like that. A lot of people already are, are saying how overrated we are. They've used the term paper tiger as we have used on this show to describe a lot of teams that the stats say otherwise when the narrative says one thing. We are not a paper tiger. The stats still say that even with our percentile performance that we brought up earlier that statistical statistical performance even shows that we are going to still perform better. Most likely we still have a higher ceiling at this point. It hasn't decreased to a point where we should be concerned about our performance later on. We're going to be fine. This isn't upsetting. And even if we don't win the SEC championship, we don't go to the playoffs. It's similar to going, say you go to the casino expecting nothing. You have nothing in your pocket. You win this big game. You win all this money. And then you lose it all at the end. You never expected to have that money. You never expected to win. <laughs> like you come you, back with a great performance at the end of it. And you you have a great experience, in my opinion. And so yeah, that's kind of... So it, it's, like that.
0: it's almost like you're saying that we're playing with house money.
1: <laughs> I don't think we're playing with house money. But I will cut the metaphor at that. But all, all I'll say is that I know that this season, nobody expected us to play the way we are playing. We wanted to be good. We thought this defense was fantastic. And it is. We didn't expect much out of our very young offense. It's been a great season so far and it's been a great ride and we're
0: not done yet. Yeah, I I would, I would definitely reiterate that this has been a special season. You can't get too caught up in thinking about what could have been or what would be or whatever, blah, 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 blah. This is how Georgia is. That's all. It's all it, all it does is just decrease your enjoyment of what has been and continues to be a very special senior season with some very special seniors on the team that are going to, gonna get acknowledged on sunday and we'll talk about this in a minute but like you know get there and show up for these dudes because they've done nothing but good things for us i was gonna say it bugs the crap out of me just one thing so a little behind
1: the scenes thing real quick this show can be stressful to make because one we have opposite schedules and two it's at a current events show so the moment that the week is over our last week's episodes don't particularly matter anymore The moment that the game has happened, our preview show doesn't matter. And you really have no reason to listen to it, though a lot of you do. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, So it can be really stressful. But the sports world is just like that. Yeah. And our show is not like a lot of those other shows that just subscribe to subjective narratives. They just subscribe to the hot take style of reporting. Those guys only look week to week. And it's so frustrating to see anybody say this week that George is a garbage team. George doesn't have a pass uh, offense. Georgia doesn't have a run offense. You know, Nick Chubb only ran for, what, 27 yards? Mm-hmm. And they think that he's a garbage running back now. But you got to look at the whole season. You got to look at everything going on. And you got to look, based on what you've seen, what you can expect going forward. Just take a second, everybody. Take a second to remember what this team has done and what they're about, and who they are. That's all.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Are you ready? You yeah, got I'm, some ranting? I mean, <laughs> I just got to get this out of my system. All right. Look. In my time on this planet, I've done some trolling. Um, I did some earlier tonight on Facebook, and it felt really good. And so, obviously, on face on in sports, I have I've definitely gotten into arguments and made people feel bad and piled on when teams were down. So I'm not going to pretend to be above that. But we're, there, there's two different types of things that I want to talk about here. And one of them is annoying, but, like, it's, like, whatever. So the first—and the other one is infuriating. So the first thing I want to talk about is just the kind of, like, UGA trollery. Every team feels like their fan base has it the worst, and I can't say that ours is any better or worse than any other fan base, because I'm not in another fan base, and I can't compare them. But, you know, there certainly is a significant portion of America because of UGA's many and varied rivals that just straight up hates UGA. So, you know, the trollery is annoying, but like, whatever, man, you're going to have to pay those debts next year because it's not like all these five stars are going to graduate at once. The thing that infuriates me is the hot taking. And here's why it makes me angry. It's, it. you know, when you troll someone, like, sir, you're hurting them and you feel better about it for a minute. And yeah, there is like net loss of good in the universe. So I guess like from a philosophical perspective, it's bad, but really like no poor information gets injected into the like already horrible sports Twitter sphere. But when you hot take, when you come up with like, oh, maybe Georgia's bad now, or if you can stop Georgia's run game, you can beat him. It's just automatic. You know, anybody can do it. Those kind of hot takes, they infuriate me because they're, they're also just not accurate. You know, it's not just an easy pile on BS way to go about talking about sports you know, what it actively does is make people less informed about sports. And while I get angry about a lot of things in this world, the one I want to talk about on this podcast is that, you know, don't get into the habit of only reacting to what you just saw. And it's not just because it annoys me and it's not just because, you know, it's bad form or it's, it's ethically poor or whatever. It's because it makes you a stupider person. (laughs) it it, no it it absolutely does it absolutely no i know if you if you believe i'm about to start slamming the desk i have to stop this for recording quality if you believe (laughs) in like a model of the universe where you can approach things rationally and come to conclusions based on evidence there is no such thing as too little evidence and the most spurious freaking butch league thing you can do is narrow your data set just to narrow it to get the results that you want and it is infuriating to me that you could think that like somehow that in any way improves the world. And you know what? I don't care about your politics. I don't care about your horrible sense of self-worth that leads you to hurt people just because they wear colors other than you. That's fine. But at the end of the day, don't be stupid because you're making an out of yourself when you react to things on a one week basis. The guys on, solid verbal have this concept of like sudoku game where you see a game and it's like it makes you move things around and it's like you get the one number in the sudoku cube and then you fill everything else in because you now know some things about people and that can certainly happen and it happens a lot at the beginning of the season but i would just caution you if you react in this like transitive nature to every single game that you watch you're going to end up acting like your drunk uncle at thanksgiving where you're like well the cowboys lost last week so they must be bad and you don't nobody wants to be that guy Nobody wants to be that guy. Use a large data set. Look at what happened over the course of the season, right? Auburn is a very good team that played a couple of very bad games. UGA is a very good team that played one bad game. If we switch the order of these games, if you... Scramble the order up and don't take them independently in sort of like chronological order, which is what you should do with data anyway. If you scramble them up, them up, and you put Georgia's bad lost Auburn at the beginning of the season, and then Georgia reels off a nine and zero streak, we have a very different perception of this game, and that alone is exact proof of the complete bullshit of the of this kind of approach to anything in life. Anything in life, we get annoyed when dogs get distracted and don't take orders. I get annoyed when 14-year-olds don't listen to what I'm saying because they're so hormone-fueled. So if you're if you're an adult, don't do that crap. It's infuriating. God, <laughs> me, man. It's like I'm sorry, I thought we got past this whole freaking argument in like the 1300s when we had the discussion about the heliocentric model of the universe. I thought we were past that. But your ignorance knows no freaking bounds and it's like there's not one event that you can't turn into a categorical Freaking Bible for the way the world works, God. Okay, I'm done.
1: I think that I may have accidentally fueled that, <laughs> that rant. That was a very good rant.
0: Oh God, I mean, it makes me so angry. Like I, I hate losing, and but like whatever, I'll deal. And I hate losing Auburn, but you know, like whatever, I'll deal. And you know that rent's gonna come due eventually, man. You got 362 days at this point, but whatever. I want you
1: to know that also. Um, your anger and how much you were like transmitting across the internet. I don't know if this is how this works, but you were talking so much and moving so much that the call actually kind of fizzled out there for a moment. (laughs) Those of you that are listening at home, we're we're actually recording um, at our own respective homes instead of with each other.
0: Okay. Uh, I enjoyed that. So with all that being said, let's talk about the university of Kentucky. Now that I've purged that from my system, let's never talk about it again. Um, until next year when I have an epic rant about what we're going to do to you. And let me tell you, man, it is going to be Marcellus Wallace. It's going to be uh, Marcellian in nature. Good God. So what do we know about Kentucky?
1: Let's look at them. Let's just stats real quick. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: defensively for Kentucky, they are 65th by S P and plus uh, and yards per play. Most of their five factors line up with that same thing. So what that tells us real quick is that Kentucky is a, a rather well-rounded team. They are a fairly average team (laughs) as well.
0: Yeah, they're they're just they're 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 perfectly average. Like, and I mean not literally. No, what they do really well though is they are twelfth in rushing ISO uh, PPP plus. They have a really bad opportunity rate rushing wise, um, and they also have uh, a bad, like, very very bad uh, efficiency measures so i mean they're they're okay at limiting the uh, at limiting the long play but they give up chunk yardage which sounds like this this defense might be the cure for the common offense that we need going into this week really bad at passing efficiency 103rd in success rate so jake Fromm, here comes your confidence boost but pretty good at passing iso ppp which i think has a lot to do with scheme um the stoops brothers tend to run this like weird big 12 in over the top like it's like off quarters kind of where it's like they put everybody in man and then the safeties read the inside wide receiver but they're reading off and like when they go down into a rover they're still playing an underneath zone I don't know it's weird but long story short they're pretty good at limiting the big play you know I think this that kind of presages for some something that presages some things that I would say that I would predict would happen but I think the number one thing that it, that you want to see in this game and what that tells us is that we should have an efficient game against them we should just be like Reeling off these like 10 minute long 15 play drives where we just run the ball six damn times. That would be fantastic.
1: Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Um, they're 39th rushing ISO PPP, uh, but everything else is right between that 60 and 80 mark. So they do have a decent rushing game. They make an explosive play. Snelling King are both good, efficient backs. And they're 23rd overall passing SP, Plus. 33rd in success rate, and 20 or 72nd in ISO PPP. 107th standard down sack rate and 102nd passing down sack rate. So it's it's pretty much up there with our, our good friends over in Florida.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they... So, I mean, I think first of all, you know, they're going to just try to be efficient running, and they're going to try to throw underneath or throw, you know, intermediate passes to underneath passes to get us off the line of scrimmage so they can run. Benny Snell is good, like you said. King, their second string back, is also good. I can't pronounce his first name adequately, so I'm not even going to say it. But, I mean, you... You you delivered this with a normal inflection, but a hundred and seventh standard down sack rate, hundred and two passing down south craig. I it's mean pretty much garbage. Yeah. I mean I think I that, could have
1: driven that home a bit better.
0: Yeah, their rushing stats tell us that their offensive line is not awful at everything, but clearly like protect protecting the passer is not good. Like uh currently their I cannot remember his name, but their first string quarterback, he uh what is his name steven, steven johnson. johnson he currently has a 7.7 percent sack rate which is like just straight trash drew baker who you know admittedly has only played in like one game has a 42 percent sack rate um <laughs> overall their adjusted sack rate is 84th i mean that's just pretty bad Whew. yeah that's pretty bad so we can um, expect some fun plays from our boys yeah for the Wolfpack should have a good night um, I also will say I didn't put this in the defensive notes. They are pretty good at sacking. Um, they're like 45th in adjusted sack rate. They can get, you know, they got a little bit of a patch list going on. So that's something we definitely need to look at. And we want to, we'll definitely want to see going forward. You know, can we adjust to that being so bad <laughs> from us uh, last week in in the game that must not be named, apparently. There's some UGA things, you know, we said obviously this should be a good game for the Wolfpack. i think that this will be a game for us to try to get right in the o-line because this is a pretty good defensive front but they're not amazing um so you would hope that this can be a confidence builder going forward which is i mean you don't want to back to back like two great o-lines this is our two great defensive fronts uh, and you know back to back especially when the first time you had such problems so hopefully this is a get right game um they're a well-rounded team they're average you know
1: yeah they're pretty average but still well-rounded so it's one of those things where they're not predictable necessarily. They're not predictable in the way that we know they're going to do. They're not a one trick pony. They're not going to do one thing and rely on say drew Locke to pass all game and wait for explosive plays. They're going to play. They're just going to play football. They're going to play normal sec football and try to do their best and, and try to see where that gets them. So we don't know necessarily what we'll get from a Kentucky against this UGA team, but we'll, we'll kind of see, we we have plenty of tape to kind of watch and understand what Kentucky is and what they do well. And the stats tell us as well, but What they do tell us is they're just
0: plainly average. Yeah, I mean, and this is the team, and this is the kind of team, okay, hold on. One one other thing I want to point out here, and I didn't make a note of this, but this is something that's really important to think about. You know, this team is currently 76 in S&P plus. So you're right, that's average. You know, their win expectancy on the year looks like uh, they're at one, two, three, four, five, six, they're at seven wins and their projected win expectancy by the end of the year is 7.52. So it looks like this is a seven and five team, but just something to note about, I'm not, you know, after last week, it's hard for me to call anyone a paper tiger, but they have won games in their wins. If we look at their win expectancy, uh, they won 24 24 to 17 against Southern Miss to start the year, a win expectancy of 6%. They won 24 to 20 against Eastern Michigan two or three weeks ago, win expectancy of 16%. They won 40 to 34 against Missouri, win expectancy of 35%. They lost with a win expectancy of 36%. They lost with a win expectancy of zero. And they lost with a win expectancy of 22. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, even their, like, quote, unquote, blowout wins, you're looking at 65% win expectancy, 70% win expectancy. So I guess what I'm trying to say is... Even though this does, this seems like a subjective measure. We can categorize how lucky a team has been. And when you have won games with six and set in sixteen percent win expectancies against two group of five teams, you are a lucky team. On top of that, they're getting po- They're getting about a point a game per turnover luck. Uh, their expected turnovers are forty two, or their expected turnovers are two point two. Actual five. So I mean, this team has been lucky, and I don't know if they're a paper tiger, but I definitely do know that like they could very easily be. They're what seven and three right now, and they could be what four and six pretty easily. I mean they, they, right you know you could make you could make it to six and four with a loss to Southern Miss and then you could make it to uh, five and six with a loss to Eastern Michigan, which are both games that they kind of like should not have won against against inferior teams or what we would normally think of as inferior teams. So I mean, I think this is a game we should win. I guess also, that's all a long way of saying. Yeah,
1: that, all that to say that it is a game we should, we should expect to win. But with the rest of these teams that also expected to win, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves necessarily and, and say it's just a, in the magnet You know? Yeah. no um, Kentucky is an interesting team too because I know at the very beginning of the season we kind of predicted them to be five and seven or four and eight by the end of the year. I know, but they're also the team we felt was the most underrated going into this season. They have a lot of great recruits. I think this is one of those teams we can kind of look to in the next year and the in the following year to kind of be one of the next great sec east teams which is not something you typically say about the kentucky wildcats football team yeah but just kind of looking at the path and their trajectory they've gone in it doesn't look bad i think you you know south carolina and the kentucky wildcats are definitely teams that we can look at to see more from in the coming years i think florida is going to have a, a you know four or five years here of pretty bad years <laughs> just kind of garbage years and it's not going to stop anytime soon Tennessee's kind of going that way especially after they just fired Butch Jones but um Stoops isn't going anywhere and I don't think Muschamp's going anywhere anytime either and and they've kind of solidified their their home and their their respective colleges you know
0: I, I'm more bullish on Muschamp than I am on Stoops just because you know I think Stoops might leave for another job. Like, I could see Stoops mm-hmm. going to ne- Nebraska for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I think this is, a t- like you said, this is a team that's trending upwards. They're having a pretty good year. And even if they are lucky, they have, they have beat some teams. Uh, they did lose to Florida, though. I just got angry about the transitive property win BS. So uh, I'm not saying that means anything. We could definitely lose to them. Hashtag just saying.
1: Yeah, this is a team that, based on S P S&P Plus rank, is also considerably better than Florida. Mm-hmm just let that sink in folks mm-hmm. they lost to florida 27 to 28 though to be fair but at home even dang yeah come on kentucky don't let them do that to you so what do you want to see in this game i don't know i i, I really just want to see georgia get back to their roots i want to make sure that they don't i want to see them shake the nerves off first of all i want the the offense to get back to where it was I want to see chubb run the ball I want to see michelle run the ball it, it felt like harry and swift definitely had and holyfield even had had better plays and better situations in both michelle and chubb and that can definitely be attributed to like who was on the field and that sort of thing and who was there to stop those two players because auburn was definitely more worried about them but i definitely want to see the run game get back on track i want to make sure that our offensive line adjusts to what happened last week i want to make sure that uh jake Fromm is actually all right and he can he's, he's not sometimes after these games these these really tough games you you see just a very anxious player, especially in quarterbacks. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on their shoulders to to run an offense, a lot of pressure on their shoulders to make sure that things are going right, to lead a team. So there's just as much of a mental game as there is a physical game. And so I want to make sure that he comes back from what happened last week and we see old Jake Fromm, and he's throwing when he needs to throw, he's making clutch plays, he's leading the team when he needs to lead them and making sure that we're all staying grounded. A lot of very intangible things, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, it is, it is. We're a little bit early to totally sell on Jake Fromm. So, I mean, I agree. I can't really read my notes verbatim on what I want to see because they're pretty for a frame. But, yeah, you know, I just want to see us block. I just want to see us block. A lot of our breakdowns in blocking were weird because it was not just that we were getting outmanned. It was just like, I, we didn't quite give up, but we just had a lazy game. Like, we got down and we were just like, well, I guess we're just going to let them kick us. I want us to throw. I mean, I think. You're right, you know, Jake Fromm doesn't need to go out there and win every game for us. But at the same time, I just would like to see Jake Fromm go out and have just like an average workman like Aaron Murray day. He always gets yeah. compared to Aaron Murray. I want to see him throw 25 times and have a 60% completion rate, rating or whatever for two, with two touchdowns. That's all I'm asking.
1: Just a normal old game. You don't yeah. got to go out and win the game. No frills, necessarily. But just I, be I, a good quarterback.
0: I, I don't want to see him go out there and throw nine times. because I, no, I, I I'm tired to, of that. I, yeah, I mean, I think we need to prove that we can do that even against a mediocre team to a bad team. Uh you mm-hmm. against uh, or even against Kentucky we need to prove that we can do that. All right. So, over/unders. Um let me give you let me give you one. Plus or minus 2 Jake Fromm passing touchdowns.
1: <laughs> you did just mention you want that real bad.
0: Um I Over-under. think it's going to be
1: under. I think it's going to be under. I think he at most I think I can expect one from from Jake Fromm. Just um, because I think that our our rushing game needs to kind of get its confidence back.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say under two. I would say probably two would be my guess. Um, plus or minus 25 from passes.
1: I think it's a lot of passes. How many times has he actually done that this year? Only like once or twice, right? Yeah. I think maybe. Uh, I'm going to say under again. Like I said, I think that the run game is really going to need to get there, the, put the wheels back on essentially, make sure that they're running.
0: Okay. I'm going to say over just because I think that, I mean, I think we're going to run. I think they want to establish the run game, but I also uh-huh. I have a sneaking suspicion that, uh they want to dispel the narrative that From can't pass just because you know, the teams don't even know what to do against him because we haven't proved that he can do anything like on a consistent basis. I mean he, he obviously is a good player, but like we haven't had a game where he's just come out and done it and I think this might be the game that he does. Yeah. Um you got one for me? Talking about Jake Fromm, I got
1: plus or minus eighteen completions from Jake Fromm. Um I'm gonna take over. Take over? <laughs> yeah. That's also like that's well over what he's done all year too. So talk to me about why you think that though.
0: Uh, I just think he's going to throw it more, and I think that you know their success rate is really low. So we might dink and dunk them. I would hope mm. you know just prove that we can do it. Get some tight ends involved. Get some screens involved. Uh, mm. Things that we're sadly lacking from Auburn.
1: Uh, okay, I like it. Um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say under, probably. I think he won't... I, I really want him to hit 18, especially if he throws for 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's going to be right around that 15 mark, most likely. If mm-hmm. if he's doing exactly what you said he's going to be doing, which I expect he will
0: be. Um, plus or minus
1: four total rushing touchdowns.
0: I'm going to say under, just because it kind
1: of fits with my passing narrative. Yeah. I'm going to say push, just because I, I think that's probably going to happen. I expect... Two touchdowns either from Michelle or Chubb and one from the other, and then combined one more um, from the rest of our, our our running backs this game. What else do you got?
0: Um, plus or minus five snaps for Ethan in the third quarter,
1: specifically in the third. That's a very bold. I'm just asking there. Just asking. You're just asking. Well, I just think asking. it's one of those. Uh,
0: it's one of those over unders that your answer to it kind of reveals what you think about how what Ethan's going to do going forward, and also how the game will be going.
1: Yeah. I think this is under. I don't think we're gonna see Aeson at all. I don't think we're gonna see Eason for the rest of the year unless Jake Fromm gets hurt, unfortunately.
0: Hmm. Not considerably. I would probably say under, but I would consider Uh yeah, I'm probably gonna say under, but I think he might get I think he's definitely gonna get work in the fourth. I th- I do.
1: Okay. Um yeah, I just think it's really weird. It's like I, I made a note here too about kind of my subjective narrative from this past game, just kinda of my experience rather. Um I just had people yelling at the T V screen just about how why isn't Eason in? Put Eason in. Uh, yada, yada, yada. From sucks. But uh, I know that Kirby Smart's not interested in what people think and necessarily is going to put the best player in when they're needed. So I just don't I don't think I expect Eason to be around if it's not garbage time necessarily. Which still kind of fits in somewhat to your idea. Plus or minus three sacks allowed uh, this game from UGA.
0: I'm going to say under.
1: you going to say under? I know that it was four last game and it's that was the most sacks we've allowed all season. So i'd like to think that our offense offensive line is going to, to kind of get their act together and kind of figure this out but i think this game is definitely gonna i think a team is defined by how they react to a bad loss not necessarily how they continue to win and so we're gonna see what george is made of after this game i'm gonna say under as well i'm gonna hope we only get one or two
0: yeah i mean I, they have a pretty good sack rate but i think that before the last game our passing our uh pass block game has been pretty good yeah um Okay, so I'm thinking we're going to air it out a little bit more. And by a little bit more, I think, like, 25 passes. I think we're going to be a little more even. I think we're going to have pretty good success on the day, but I think they're going to get some points. Um, Just because Benny Snell's good, and so, you know, I can see there being not a sustained drive, but, you know, a drive where Snell sets up a good drive or they have a good return. Um, So I'm going to say... I'm going to say 28 to 10. Comfortable. I'm going to say 28 to 10, but, like, it's going to be more comfortable than that. It's going to be, like... Twenty-eight to nothing in the third, or in the second, and we're going to feel pretty good about it. Yeah,
1: I'm looking for all those touchdowns from our rushing game. I think Fromm's going to get one touchdown through the air, most likely, maybe a rushing touchdown in the clutch position, and then we'll. I think early game we, we won't be be we won't be as bold of a UGA team as we have been in the past necessarily. I think we'll start out a little slow this game, just kind of getting our bearings back and whatnot. So we'll, we'll probably you know push a field goal through the uprights or whatever. So I'm kind of thinking with all that in mind i think this is a 38 to 6 game
0: okay yeah i can see this
1: with uga um coming out on mm-hmm. top Just, yeah i think that we'll, we'll put up a field goal in in the beginning and we'll put up a few rushing touchdowns a passing touchdown and we'll allow a few field goals through kentucky but i don't think i'll ever see the the end zone
0: right. okay yeah i mean i think that's that's a very reasonable prediction probably closer than mine I'm, i was probably a little conservative on points scored All right. Um, Wow. I just feel so calm now because I just yelled so much that I'm just like zonked out.
1: (laughs) You're able to sleep well tonight.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm just, I got all the, it's like, I just had that, I had that last noxious humor left in me that I had to expel. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to this podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve by email at chapelbellcurve.com and on Instagram at chapelbellcurve. And just type in Chapel Bell Curve and you'll find some version of us. Uh, Go check out our website, chapelbellcurve.com. It has a lot of stuff on there. Not so much this week because we've been dealing with work and, um, you know, uh, the typical UGA depression. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please leave us a rating and a review. We'll catch you in the Classic City this weekend. But until then, Go go dogs.